la cripta! Ay, 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 ay. Hola, cariño. Hola, amor. Y bienvenidos a Week Your Road, a Latinx Horror Movie Podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I'm Johnny. And I'm Eileen. Hello. Hello. It's chilly today. Finally chilly. Sí. Finally, the country of Chile. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, we are wearing sweatshirts. We're um, uh, closing windows. Fans are turning off. Mm -hmm. Hello. Welcome, Miss Autumn. She is here. Yeah. Well, let's talk about movies. <laughs> I wish that we could be like, speaking of Chile, let's go to Chile. Pero that's not where we're going no, today. We're going, we're going next door. It's very yeah, close. Very close. Very, very it's close. Very close. So my pick this week, and I saw this movie suddenly freak out on my Twitter, and I think specifically because Bloody Disgusting was starting Screambox, which is, I guess, their, like... Streaming service? Streaming service, and they're like, this movie is going to be featured in Screambox. And I was like, interesting. And then I just kept seeing posters for it and everything. And the title really drew my attention. Hell yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> I was like, what does this mean? <laughs> and also it has a really fun, bright, cool poster. And I yeah. was like, I think this might be cool. So today we're doing the Argentinian film Pussy Cake. Pussy so, Cake. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which um, has an alternate title called... Es Messis, which we'll get to. I have that information for mm -hmm. a little later. Mm -hmm. I think probably a good call to change it to Pussy Cake because Es Messis, once you know what it is, is kind of a spoiler, I think. Totally. Yeah, I had to look up that that word. I thought it was Emesis. Es Messis? Emesis. Sorry. Hey, listen. I mean, Es Messis, Emesis sounds the same. No, it's incorrect. It's called Emesis. Well, alternate title. I agree that this is definitely a better title. It's a lot yeah. more. I mean, clearly this will grab your attention. Pussycake. Yeah. Like what? What the fuck does that mean? Where are we going? And I also had um, I had I'm sure perusing Bloody Disgusting or whatever. Uh, your various, favorite website. My favorite website or like any anywhere on horror Twitter. I'm sure the name had popped up, but there was a specific visual of a face that we will get to later on in this movie that I was like, ooh, I had been seeing that particular face on like horror Twitter, Bloody Disgusting for quite a while now that I was like, what movie is this? Bam. Here we are. It's Pussycake, everybody. Yeah. Here we are, and we're going to chat about it. <laughs> but before we do, let's ask you to subscribe, rate, and review, everybody. Thank you so much. We appreciate whatever kind words you have to say about us or whatever stars you want to gift us. We appreciate. And let's give you some titulos de terror before we begin. Now, I watched this, and I was like, this is giving me... Psycho Gorman oh. uh, vibes, which I don't think you watched, right? I haven't seen it yet. You 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 saw it and you enjoyed it, didn't you? It was fine. Oh, sure. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, my friend Jeff fucking loved it. And uh -huh. I was like, this is just okay, Jeff. You're kind of freaking out over Psycho Gorman, but it's fine. So Canadian film Psycho Gorman, it's very much this kind of feel. Uh, so I was like, let's see what's up with Psycho Gorman in foreign countries. And um, 
Sorry to say, it's just titled Psycho Gorman everywhere else. <laughs> and listen, sometimes that'll happen with titulos de terror. You can't expect them all to be different titles. Sometimes they'll just be the same. So yeah. here's an example of that. I mean, it's about time that that happened. And also, you know, why would you change a cool title like Psycho Gorman? Like, that's it's a great title. So Psycho Gorman, round the world. Yes. and uh, And honestly... Watch Psycho Gorman. It's a it's fun. It's not bad. And uh, it's goofy and silly. There's some funny lines in there. Mm-hmm. There's a kid in there that I don't love. It's It was the kid that made me that made it hard for me. It's tough yeah. with kids. Ugh. It's tough with kids. It's, they, they will easily fuck it up. Anyway, let's we're not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway, so let's talk about Pussy Cake. Will you give us, please, a synopsis? Absolutely. So this synopsis is from IMDb. Thank you, IMDb. A struggling all-girl rock band goes on tour and discovers their worst problem is not just being forgotten by their fans. <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. Okay, um, uh, sure. sure. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> Great. Well, Pussy Cake came out this year, 2022. Uh, it's written by Maxi Fersola with story by Hernan Moyano, Pablo Pares, and Hernan Saez. And it's directed by Pablo Pares. Okay. Vámonos. Nos vamos. Métanse al van. And by van, I mean van. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> al van. Because we're al going on tour, everybody. Let's go. We open on this beautiful aerial shot of the sea. Now, one thing that I never associated with, I don't know why, but I've never associated Argentina with the ocean. Yo tampoco. I picture, I mean, listen, I've never been there, but I, I picture very like Patagonia vibes, uh, city vibes. Uh, I picture for me. city vibes and also like mountain vibes. Yeah, but that's foolish to the max because like bam you're on this beach and she is pretty as fuck gorgeous 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 oceanside view next we see a young teen boy working at his computer he takes a sip from his bombilla which is a, a straw that you use to drink mate out of i was like Argentina is slapping us in the face. We crash landed in Argentina with this sip from this fucking mate. Che, boludo, donde esta mi fucking mate, okay? Entonces, this kid chugging his mate, which, guys, do you think coffee fucks you up? Drink mate. Vibration station. Just It's cocaína in a glass. But if, if you want to go... Through the interdimensional planes. No spoiler alert. Uh, drink some of some fucking mate. I didn't even think of that. That's what causes this entire film. This fucking exactly. This Somebody mate. drank too much mate and, and caused this <laughs> pussy cake. Pussy cake brought to you by yerba mate. Entonces, este muchacho drinks his mate, and we see on his computer screen there's like a large circle and a lot of like matrixy stuff going beeps around it. Lots of beeps and boops, computer stuff, science. <laughs> Did you notice the alien figurine on his desk? Absolutely, yes. How can you not? Yes. We pan around his room and we see it's normal team vibes, like posters, movie posters, a bunch of shit. But also on top of that stuff, we kind of get this like 
clippings and uh, random notes and post-its. Very Charlie and Sonny from Philadelphia connecting the dots kind of thing. Um, and we get a close-up of one of the clippings that says, Científico local cree haber descubierto un universo paralelo. So local scientist discovers or thinks he discovers a parallel universe. Hmm. We see a picture of the same kid doing like the metal fingers behind his dad's head as the dad looking down worriedly at like paperwork. Like the dad isn't thrilled to be in this moment, it seems. But the kid is like, woo, I'm here. And obviously dad is working. The dad is like, like, I'm a scientist and something's mm -hmm. on my mind. And why not tell you that for point zero zero two seconds i was like that's german baudino from to 11 day of the dead or from abracadabra but it's not but i was like oh. oh my god it's him no 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 it's absolutely not him oh my god i was about to be like i didn't even fucking no. notice he has that. like okay. an air of the guy but it is not Lighted. him. he would have been you know that dude is from argentina so i was like tal vez puede ser it's not him anyway okay <laughs> Underneath this picture, there's a post-it that just in very large letters says, Donde? <laughs> Donde? Where? <laughs> On another clipping, we see another newspaper headline that says, El extraño caso del científico desaparecido. And there's a drawing that we see next to it that says, uh, Atrapado en otra dimensión. So all these like little nuggets of information we're getting another dimension everybody yeah another dimension another dimension another dimension another dimension another dimension another dimension name that well, song now you don't <laughs> need to smile you stick around and make it worth your well i know that song t to b top she could to do bottom it. every single she... lyric that album was my shit beastie boys hello nasty where you been oh my god my jam anyways we also see, amongst all these clippings, a map of a seaside town, okay? Remember, we just saw the sea of a seaside town, a huge circle around this town labeled Aria Afectada, mm. and right in the center of it, on top of a little square that symbolizes a house, Aka, here. So... I'm pretty sure this is meant to be like, this is where the affected area, where we're at right now in mm -hmm. this moment. The kid's mom walks in. She's obviously concerned. She's some, she, there's a face of like concerned mom. She hugs her kid. She tells him, listen, I'm going to take a bath. Please clean up. And can you please try and get some rest? The kid grabs his laptop and he heads over to the garage not without passing the bathroom and hearing his mom crying in there. So obviously things are funky in this household. Yeah, this missing dad situation. Seems to be bad. In the garage, the kid pulls off a red sheet, which looks like a large Coca-Cola flag. Right. Uh, off of a large circular structure, which looks similar to what we saw on his laptop. Just a big, large circle made of... Wires and steel and stuff. Science. Science, a circular science structure. <laughs> he plugs his laptop into something and he starts hacking into the mainframe and the structure starts up. It's like sparking and turning and making noise. Looks great. Yeah, very cool. Very um, portal vibes, very uh, back to the future, honey, I shrunk the kids kind of thing. Yeah. 
He types in connect with location last reached into his little computer science vibe there. (laughs) And in the center of the circle of this circle science structure, there are flashes of like places like random almost like uh tatooine in star wars like a planet it seems like yeah i was like mars what is that there's a huge like moon shadow in the background it's deserty did you also hear like when you see these flashes like screaming screaming yeah weird so people are screaming this planet that it, we're looking at something's going on in yeah. this through this circular science structure okay The machine twirls and beeps and does a quick flash. And when we see this desert moment and that weird moon sliver, crescent moon situation, there's a big smash, loud bang, and it shuts down. But de repente it starts up again, and it's like sounds like it's amping itself up. E boom, another huge loud crash, and it literally blows this kid off of his stool into the rest of the garage blackout. The kid wakes up and he walks over to the sparking circle science structure, <laughs> and on the ground there's some goo, like Wha- translucent gooey goo. Yeah. Like Vaseline texture, it seems, because it's not like too slippy slidey. This one is more uh, creamy based, like almost clear ish and cleary. And also this boy touches this fucking goo with this bare ass hand. And I'm every time in these movies, I'm like, why are you touching this shit that you don't know what this is? Why are you touching this shit with your bare ass hands? Suddenly he hears a noise, someone groaning. <clears throat> he follows the sound and he sees on the ground that there are more like goop marks, but they look like footsteps. The kid looks up and says, Papa. And in a doorway, a person walks in and we pan up and this person is a mess. <gasps> the goo is all over this person. Wounds, op- open wounds everywhere, ripped clothing. We finally get up to the face, bloodshot eyes and this white substance Ugh. dribbling from his mouth. Now, I feel like it's my duty in the beginning of this episode. Mm-hmm. If you have a problem with vomit stuff. Ooh. This is your time to tap out. Yeah. This <laughs> is the time. So this white substance that's dribbling from his mouth, almost condensed milk. Dude, yes. Texture. Totally. You know what? I'm going to admit something here that's going to make me sound kind of stupid. I don't fucking care. Come? This, uh, no. Sure. But um, I was like, looks like kind of like pus. And for oh, absolutely pussy for a moment, I was like, oh, wait, is this not pussy cake? Is it pussy cake? But (laughs) that is not the case, everybody. (laughs) He reaches towards the boy, this man, his dad, and falls to the ground. The kid goes to him, tries to wake him up. But this dude is definitely dying behind them is the bathroom where the mom was. And from the bathtub, we see the mom's feet land on the ground. But you can already tell, even if it's a blurry foot in the background, you know something isn't right. Because it lands extra heavy. Yeah. It's just... Wet and gross. Wet and bad. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
She walks slowly towards the boy and the dad on the floor, but the skin is different and weird and splotchy. We see her eyes, and the eyes are now bloodshot and uh, evil deady almost. Like there is... like a wide iris and uh, not iris pupil, a, ra- mm-hmm. a wide colorful part of the eye. Yeah. And the color is very off. Like it, it's just it, that is not the, the picture of health. It doesn't look good. And we see that she has begun dribbling this white substance as well from her mouth. She growls and lunges at the boy. And as she's lunging, she's projectile <gasps> vomiting. All over him, this white substance. Title card, pussy cake. I mean, great intro. Pussy cake. Pussy cake. The, but like that projectile vom is like spraying. Ooh. Spraying. Ooh. Gross. Well, strap on everybody because there's a lot more of that. A fluffy feathered boot walks <laughs> on stage. A fluffy feathered boot. A fluffy feathered boot walks on stage in front of a bass drum that has pussy cake pasted upon it. And we meet an all-girl four-member band. This is Pussy Cake. On bass, we have Sophie Cake. She has curly hair, a septum ring, and a, I'm going to call it like a leopard print sparkle situation yeah, going and on. Fucking and chaps. Caps. Yeah. <laughs> and chaps. <laughs> On guitar, we have Huli Cake. She has two pigtails, very, like this black and green, fluorescent green outfit. She's a spunky little thing. She's really a like tiny future little nugget. Look. Future vibes. Yes, totally. Kind of Kim Possible also. Sure. situation if you are into the Disney movie cartoon, Disney Plus cartoons, Disney Channel cartoons, Girl. whatever. Kim Possible. <laughs> Kim Possible. On drums, we have Sara Cake, and she's got, like, bangs and a fun, like, moto vibe. She's got red, red, white, and blue leather on, and she's fucking smashing these drums. I'm a tough girl. I'm a tough, I'm a tough, tough chick. chick. Yeah. Yes. And our lead singer, Ele Cake, and she's the one with the fluffy boot. She's got uh, some sparkle shorts on over some white tights, a sparkle, like, one-armed tube top situation, and a big fluffy light-up jacket mm. and, a, and a fun Ariana Grande um, ponytail style. They sing their song and they're fucking rocking out and super fun and a small but mighty audience watches them. They're super into it, super excited. So much so that at the end of the song, they're like, pussy cake, pussy cake, like chanting at them. Just they've had a lovely performance evening. Great. Uh, I got to say the song is fine. The chorus is quite catchy. I was like, okay, I'm feeling this chorus. But the rest of the time I was like, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> but these people love them some they pussy love, cake. They love it. <laughs> they finish their set and they get off stage to meet their manager, Pato. And Pato is this cute little, like, a little bit older than them. Mm-hmm. She's wearing an all denim outfit. She's like, Super excited and proud of them. I love She's, Pato so much. Pato is great. Love Pato her. Pato is so fun. 
So she's super proud of them. And she's like pointing out like there's way more people here than the last show we did. And we got to go out into the audience. I said, un par de fotitos y autógrafos. Vamos, chicas. Vamos, amor. Show, no sé. Show, 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 show. Okay. And the gals are kind of reluctant to go, but they do it anyway. So they go, they say hey to their fans, they sign shirts and CDs. Ilaele, the lead singer, she goes up to say hey to some guy who's kind of gets a little too familiar with her and is pulling her in too close and too much. And she's like, okay, you need to back up. And she tries to set her boundaries and be like, okay, well, okay, yeah, they have para, para, she says. Several times, para, para, but he keeps pushing and pulling her in and whatever until Sara, the drummer, comes in and is like, hey, fuck off, you hijo la gran puta, andate a la mierda, finally gets the, this guy finally fucking fucks off. I mean, he basically assaulted her in public, like, yeah, in front of all these fucking people, like, he thinks he can just do that. This was really, really fucked up. And Ele is definitely shook. Oh, yeah. In the bathroom, Sara checks in on Ele, and Ele is upset that she froze in that situation, mm. that, that she was un- wasn't able to, like, defend herself. And even more so, she was upset that she was vulnerable in a public setting, which I can relate a lot. This scene was, like, so interesting to me here with this, this particular moment between these two women. Because I was like, because Sara who basically, like, just rescued Ele, is like, she's like, nothing happened. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Which I was like, no, something happened. Like, that dude literally just assaulted her in public. But then I was like, but if you also think about it, I was like, I appreciate, as much as I was like, no, Sara, something happened. Like, please validate her feelings. On the other hand, I was like, but that guy isn't shit. So I also appreciate that Sada is being like, nothing happened. Like, don't pay that guy any mind. And it was just, it, I, I really liked this kind of moment here where I was like, this is an interesting dynamic between these two. And I had to take a, take a moment here the first time I watched it because I was like, this feels particularly uh, protective here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, was this directed by a woman? And honestly was like, I had to look it up and was like, oh, shit, it wasn't. And I was disappointed to discover, like, no, this isn't being told. Even though this is a a movie led by women, the perspective, like the writers, the directors were all men, which I was like, Mm -hmm. huh, I was surprised by that because this moment was so uh, interesting to me. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. I think her point of being like, it's okay, nothing happened, is more of a, you're safe now, don't worry, rather than a dismissive. Mm, Sure. uh, I don't think she was being dismissive of her feelings. I think it was like, you're okay now, I'm here with you. It was nothing. And we'll soon find out why she freaks out, because in the bathroom in this moment, you know, that she's trying to calm her down, and and Ele is, uh, is upset, obviously, but Sara is like, it'll be okay. They kiss and we see that they're, these two are actually an item and which mm. is another revelation of like, oh, that's why she was protective over her or at least one of the big reasons why she was protective over her. In the green room, we see Pato takes a huge snort of cocaine while <laughs> La Yuli, the fucking guitar player, she sparks up a dube. And she's like, hey, you want some of this dube? And <laughs> hey, La Pato, no, amor, yo no mezclo. 
<laughs> and literally, and literally, two seconds later, she's like, "But give me a, I'll take a fucking just one little hit, your one little hit. Yeah, it's fine." So Sophie, the bass player, she's on the couch on the other side of the green room, and she points out that two gigs in one night. Whoa, casi casi somos un grupo de cumbia, which I laughed <laughs> a, a lot at. And Pato tells her, "Listen, the record company that is going to be in the other gig that they're about to go to." Only had time today, and it's a personal favor to me from my friend Simon, Simon. Sara and Ele come in from the bathroom, and they're like, we're ready to head home and whatever. And Pato's like, please, we have to do this other gig. Do it for me. I really need this to happen. And it's it took a really long time to figure it out. And this is, we really need this opportunity. Y la Julie says... I need the money too, BT dubs. And Sophie points out, listen, we go do this gig, we get signed by this record company, and then we're going to be fucking counting that cash. Mm-hmm. Fucking make it rain. So Ele is like, okay, sure, let's go. Outside, Ele and Sara talk about the creepy dude that just harassed poor Ele. And Sara talks about how she almost punched him in the face. And... She grabs Ele's hand and puts it on her heart and says, Sentis, sentis como late, late así por vos. I was like. <laughs> Our cynical asses. <laughs> I was like, we got it. My heart beats for you. Now, this, I did, again, this was a thing that I appreciated here. Like, I don't know if the writer-director put that much thought into this moment, but I appreciate, okay, look, these women are scantily clad, all four of the members. Sure. yeah. Like, we're, we're, we're fucking wearing chaps. But yeah, this relationship between La Sara y Ele was never sexualized like it never felt that way to me it felt very like we really love each other and like like feel how my heart beats for you i appreciated that that it wasn't like you know romantic rather than sexual absolutely which i I was like i especially directed by a dude and like all these men writers i was like a pre i appreciate that this lesbian relationship is not like ooh, let's fucking make them like make out or throw in like this like really raunchy sex scene or something like no these two like it's like my heart beats there too or whatever like they're into it which i liked i liked that touch and we'll see uh throughout this film that sara has this very protective energy over ele and it's this their relationship isn't just like we're two cute, hot gay girls that mm-hmm. kiss. Like, it's not that at all. Yeah, yeah. But hilariously enough that we're saying all of this, El is like, how long until we got to go? And she's like, five to ten minutes, and they probably go off to finger each other. So great. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so Julie pops an acid tab while the other two are fingering wherever they go. And, uh, and she asks Pato, how long is the drive to the next gig? And Pato says about an hour and a half, we're going to get there before five. So, like, they're driving through the night. Like, oh. their gig is a morning gig. 5 a.m. people, not p.m. A.m. Yeah. No, a. M. I'm in bed. Buenas noches. There is no, I, no, absolutely fucking not. But then when Julie walks away to go be stoned on acid, she 
grabs her phone and she leaves a message for Simon. Che, Simon, I'm trying to reach you all day. Donde mierda estás? And you can tell that this is not the first time she has sent this message. Yeah. She's been trying to do this for a while. And she says, you better have all this record deal shit figured out because las pibas están hinchadas a los ovarios. <laughs> this motherfucking line. I had to rewind. And I was like, excuse me, pato. Come again. Say it again. This fucking line. Las pibas están hinchadas a los ovarios. I was like, that could not be more Argentinian. Like, I don't even know what it fucking means. Like, I know that it means they're My, fed up. They're, right. they're, their ovaries are fucking Swollen. full and they're over it. Pero like, las pibas están hinchadas a los ovarios. Great. And she says, it's now or never. So this gig that they're going to seems to be like their ticket to stardom. That this is, Pato's worked hard to get them this and they really want to make this work. Yeah. Great. The gals all pile into their van and off they go. And now we're in like a dream sequence vibe. And this is Ele like reliving herself in an abusive relationship. She's getting slapped and choked by a man and she's scared and helpless and crying. And in the van, we see Ele is like mumbling in her sleep and like upset and struggling through it. While Julie and Sophie, uh, who has Ele in her lap, they're like talking about how that dude in the club really like brought up a bunch of nasty trauma and the stuff with her ex, which, you know, fucked her up. Mm. And Ele wakes up and Sara, who's driving, is like, is everything OK? Like she's always checking in on Ele to make sure that she's cool. And the gals in the back talk about, you know, how fiercely she protects Ele. Mm. And Ele even says sometimes too much even. Yeah. But but then she says, I thought I was over the abusive trauma stuff. But obviously, it seems I'm not. And then she says, but it's easier to go through it with you guys. So it's a sweet moment of like, we're a band, but we're also friends and supportive of each other through our darkest times. It's lovely. Up in the front, Pato tells Sara that she keeps reaching out to Simon, pero no le contesta. He hasn't. She like we see her phone. It's just like message, 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 message from Pato y nada. And honestly, she's worried. De repente, there's a spark out of nowhere, and the van basically stalls. They pull over to the side of the road, and Sara gets out to check, and the the engine is fried. No one has a signal on their phone, so they decide on this empty, dark road in the middle of the night that they're going to walk to their next destination. Oh, wow. That's bonkers to me, but okay. Well, this was another thing that I was like, wait, what? You're going to walk right now? But Because I was like, in my brain, I'm like, okay, a few of us are going to stay back, make sure nothing gets stolen. A few of us will walk, you know, to go off to where, to, to find Simon. But then I was like, well, I'm a dude, so I don't really understand this situation. And I was like, maybe it makes sense that they don't split up and they stay together. I was like, yeah, okay, that I I see the logic here of being like, no, we all just have to be together. Fuck the shit. We'll come back for it. Let's go together. I was like, okay, it makes sense. Totally. Now it's the morning and they all arrive at 
this seaside town. Mm. Mm. And they walk over to the venue that they're supposed to play at, but it's all closed up. And also there's no one around, like, mm. z- like nobody. And the gals are like, are we late? Is this the wrong date? Like, what's the deal? And Pato says, no, this is supposed to be un after, like an after party of mm. a show, which makes sense why they want to do a 5 a.m. show or whatever. And she said, it's supposed to end around noon, which again, I was like, ¿Cómo es que esta gente está haciendo esto, brother? Yo a las oh. de la noche ya estaría, ya estoy cansada, yo me voy a mi cama. They've already played a gig, and now they got to play another one at in the morning? At an after party where people have been partying all night? Uh, absolutely not. My old ass, buenas no. noches. But also, amongst the girls... Tensions are high. Sara is like, Pato, figure this out. Figure our workout. And Pato's like, I've put a lot of fucking money into this to have this work for us, this record deal situation. Mm. So, like, shoulders are to the ears, basically. Mm. Pato asks Sophie to go with her to Simone's place, which is just a, fl- a few blocks away from the venue. And And she's like, if he's not there, this is it. We're calling the whole thing off. Like, literally, the band, the whole jam. This is it. So, Sara and Ele and Julie stay behind. Pero la Julie, she's like, you know what? Time to pop another acid tap. Which I was like, one, uno, suficiente to, like, be fucked. Pero she, and they even ask her, how many have you done of these? And she's like, I've lost count. Ma'am? Girl. And she says, yo me voy a la playa. <laughs> bueno, pues. And off she goes. We get this fun little colorful moment of her just acid tripping on the beach, jumping around. Because remember, she's got the pigtails. Mm-hmm. She's wearing Kim Possible. She's like a tiny little, like, I'm happy and cute and bleep. And so she's just hopping around the beach. Great. Until she comes to a clearing where she finds... A bunch of heads in the sand. Dude, was but they're not, not expecting just like, this. Me neither. <laughs> and not just like heads. They're unconscious people that have seemingly been buried up to their neck. Mm-hmm. So it's not like chopped off heads. They're people that have been buried, which is somehow even more sinister. Yeah, that's like, creepy as fuck. Because they kind of pan out to show and it's, a lot of people yeah. just poking their heads out yeah. of the fucking sand. It's Ooh. so weird. And yeah. I don't like it. No, it's fucking creepy. A lot of these people, too, have this white substance coming out of their mouths, like Ugh. dribbling out of it. Disgusting. Can you imagine being on fucking acid and then coming Girl. across a bunch of those? <laughs> no. Absolutely not. I would run screaming for my life into the ocean. Goodbye. The one time, the one time I did acid was with my friend Juan, and uh, we thought that it was bunk acid. So we took it and we like walked. What is 45 what does that mean? Minutes. Bunk acid, like bunk, like it didn't work. Oh, I see. So we're like, let's go to a restaurant and we order calamari and we start to freak out and the calamari starts moving. 
Oh, and, no. Uh, and we're like, we need to get the fuck out of here. So we did. Um, so I can only imagine seeing a bunch of heads. And um, did you try the calamari? Yeah. I mean, we were we were pretty at that point. We were still chill mm-hmm. and it was just sitting on the bug in the bucket and we ate it. And then we were like, now the calamari is moving. And now we and then we couldn't stop laughing. And the old people sitting next to us were like, "Are they okay?" And I, all I can remember <laughs> is Juan's vein on his forehead, like popping out because he was laughing so hard. But oh, then I was my like, God. "That vein is moving." <laughs> it was very oh, weird. No, wow, it was very weird. So she's standing there, La Boda Yuli, freaking out, like, "What are all these heads doing here?" When suddenly we see someone approach her. It's very quick. We don't really see who or what. It's just somebody comes into frame and she screams. And smash cut to Pato and Sophie kicking down Simone's front door with Pato screaming, La concha de Dios, which I love. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And finally, once the door is open, they go inside, but something doesn't seem right. Mm. Everything is dark. They're walking through this house and they're calling out for Simon, pero nada, nobody answers. They look up at a light fixture and there's like slime dripping off of it, which again, these two, uh, both these women go to touch it and like smell it. I'm like, why are you touching this? Why goop? are you touching it? And also they like apparently this goop stinks, which just adds another layer of like disgusting. That's so yeah. disgusting. Stinky goop. Gross. So Simone doesn't seem to be around and Pato's like, le voy a dejar una nota. And Sophie finds this cute selfie that Pato took with Simone. And by cute, I mean because it's them together. But Simone oh. is over a toilet barfing or like freshly barfed with barf down his. And, and this time, regular barf, not yeah. white substance like, barf. I drank too much and I fucking barfed con la, con la pato they're like, hey, we're just yeah. chilling here. I can arm smell your him. barf. Ugh. Yeah, arm no. around him and like camera up to the sky, arm extended, click. This is a moment we should remember. Uh, we love each and other. And the toilet was disgusting too. Ew! No, no puedo. Also, did you what? notice the uh, the 28 days later little yes, I poster? Yes, which Absolutely. had the Spanish Exterminio. title. Exterminio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exterminio. Yeah. Super cool. cool. Uh, and Simon in this picture, even though he's covered in barf, he's like this punk rock dude. He's got a mohawk on his head, a big beard. And like, he's like, even though he's barfed, freshly barfed, he's like smiling. It's a it's a happy picture. Even Sophie says like, this is cute. Look how cute you are. <laughs> De repente they hear a sound. And they walk into another room, which is also dark. And they step into a puddle, which they look down to see. And it's fucking blood, a shit ton of blood, which freaks them out. And Pato slips on it and falls into it. And as she rolls over to get herself up, she comes face to face with a disgusting, bloated, dead body with just condensed milk coming out of that mouth. So gross. Of course, they freak out, scream, run, get the fuck out of there. And they run back to Sara and Ele. 
And they're like, we got to go. We got to go. Fucking Simone's house is full of blood. There's a dead guy in there. What the fuck? Isn't it weird that there's no one in this fucking town? Where is everybody? Where is everybody? Yeah, this is fucking weird. Yeah. So they're like, where the fuck is Julie? And they're like, la Julie se fue a la playa como estúpida. <laughs> and so they're like, okay, we got to go find her in la playa. And they turn to go chasing for her. Pero boo. Ahí está la fucking Julie. Pero her mouth is just dripping. It's just falling out of her. That leche condensada coming out of her mouth. And she's obviously in shock. She's standing mm. there like, what the fuck? They ask her what happened. And she's like, las cabezas. Las oh. cabezas. Las cabezas. Just keeps repeating las cabezas, which is so creepy. And then she falls. So they're like, "We, uh, what the fuck? We got to go. Let's help her. So they help Julie up and they like carry her on their shoulders and they start to go. As they turn the corner, Pato sees someone and she shushes the gals. It's Simone. But something's wrong. He's walking weird, very hard, like uh, locked knees kind of vibe. Uh, and he's like... Uh, growling weird sounds very zombie-esque mm -hmm. if you will mm -hmm. he walks over to this guy that's on the ground like dead probably seemingly and Sara's like are you sure that's Simon and he looks up and we see bloodshot eyes weird skin and the white barf coming down his chin and beard now which I was like oh I'm not in the beard and Sara says no that is not Simone, dude. And behind them, la pobre Julie coughs, which calls attention to Simone, who suddenly is just sprinting towards them. And like zombie sprinting is the worst, the most terrifying, the scariest, because arms for some reason are constantly like not swinging the way yeah. that they should swing when you run. So yeah. it's just. It freaked me out when it's he started very, to sprint at them. It's very Exterminio slash Dawn of the Dead remake kind of yes, zombie yes. sprinting. Like, this, this motherfucker is fast. Yeah. And the girls turn to run away from him because they're like, what the fuck? But somebody else intercepts and jumps on Simone. And it's someone in a red cape, it seems. And they're... Emitting a weird sound, a sound, and the two of them are fighting, and something is odd about the person that is fighting Simon. Yeah. You kind of see their head, and it looks purpley. It looks toxic, Avengery, something yeah. not, something's weird. Um, but you don't get a good look of it. You're just like toxic Avengery. Yes, absolutely. You, the you know first, what I mean? yeah, the first time I saw this, I, you know, I was like, okay, I'm just watching this película, and it wasn't until the second viewing that I was like, oh, okay, I see what's going on here. At first, I was like, another zombie, they're fighting. Pero, That's what I thought too. Yeah, but no, we will. There, there will be a reveal. Yes, for, to, for your toxic Avenger. So they were fighting around, fighting the two of them, Simon and Toxic Avenger. When finally Simon is like kind of gets away and runs off. Las muchachas están rocked. They're like, what 
the fuck just happened here? They're walking down the streets of this ghost town, carrying la Yuli, que está hecho mierda. La Pato is freaking out because she's like, that. what the fuck? El Simón, y de ahí el Simón. And Sara stops her and says, listen, we'll, we'll, we're going to be fine. It'll be okay. Don't worry about it. We're going to be chill. Cuando la Yuli de repente starts throwing up a bunch of blood. And they're Ooh. like, okay, this is Can bad. This is Ugh. bad news. No, yeah. it, it, blood throwing up is terrifying. That's the end. You're done. When I did a bunch of Robitussin in Alaska with oh. Freddie and I... <laughs> listen... Guys, I have a past. When I was in Alaska, this episode is all about Eileen's Eileen's pl- past drug exploits. <laughs> brought to you by Eileen. Took too many drugs. I drank a full bottle of Robitussin in Alaska because when you're in the Air Force, you can't do drugs. So the way that these guys would get high was they would drink fucking Robitussin, Ugh. and um, and I did it because I wanted to be cool and. When I tell you that that shit, A, fucked me up, B, I vommed, and when I vommed, it was red Robitussin. <gasps> and I remember being stoned as hell and barfing and being like, I'm dying. Because it was red barf. Looks like fucking blood. It was weird. It was a weird time. Don't do that, guys. Don't, Don't do drink it. drink Robitussin. Don't you fucking do it. I believe the term is scissorp. Uh, that's what that is when you oh drink god. a shit ton of. That's what Lil Wayne used to do. Just drink a bunch of fucking Robitussin. Oh my god, that's why like Robitussin and all that shit is locked up at the like CVS and Walgreens and all that stuff now. The way we bought it in Alaska is uh, me and all these Air Force dudes each went to a different. Um, yeah. Uh, checkout counter because mm-hmm. we're like we can't all show up with our individual bottles of fucking right. Robitussin. Right. Yeah. Oof. Puta. Anyways, don't do drugs, kids. So the ladies all decide. Listen, we gotta hide her. We gotta go find help, but we can't take her with us. She's gonna fucking die. She's vomiting blood. So they hide in the doorstep nook, like in a, the entryway of mm-hmm. a house that has lots of foliage and plants to like hide them, and. Ele and Sophie stay behind with Yuli, y la Pato y la Sara run off to go find help. Sara starts pulling at car door handles. They're all fucking locked. They hear a woman scream, aya, and a growl. And from the hidden nook with the other ladies, they also hear this woman screaming and this growling noise. Y la Sophie goes to look through the bush and she sees Simon chasing after another random woman. He grabs her. He throws her to the ground and she's struggling, trying to like push him off of her when he projectile vomits this white barf again, like the mom in the beginning all over her face. And when Ooh. I say we're there for a long time, just Ugh. watching him stand, not stand, but like lean over her with his mouth spewing, projectiling everywhere. Yes. And she is being drowned by this fucking Look, liquid. I <laughs> the, the vomiting in this movie, uh, for some reason, like I was like, yes, that's gross. But it didn't give me like the like, Ugh, feeling I don't know why I guess it doesn't really do that to me but there like a lot of times with vomit in movies it'll be like we've talked about this before somebody will be holding a little bit of liquid in their mouth and they'll spit it out and it's like oh I vomited or like you'll see it from the side but this looks like it is actually 
projectile spewing from these actors' mouths. Like, they nailed this effect. It's so good. Whatever whatever they did to, to make it happen of this, because we're looking, usually you see it. From the side. Yeah, there's a way to hide it, but we're looking at it head on. Like yeah. it's coming out of his mouth. It yeah, seems. and it looks good. Yeah. It's, they I fucking nailed. I usually can't, I, I'm not like, whoa, barf, but I don't love it. Yeah, no, it's not great, you know? I'm, like, not, I'm not like, yes, can't wait to watch a barfing film, but like, <laughs> yeah. I think it also helps that the vomit is just. A single texture. It's it's very much uh, translucent, not opaque, but like uh, a semi clear white ish yeah. liquid, almost and like full liquid, not chunky, not mm-hmm. like it's just here's one single substance coming out of yeah. this person's mouth. Looks almost like frothy watered down milk, if you yeah. will. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Again, uh. Uh, pus, Skim milk. leche condensa, cum, whatever you like. In all <laughs> whatever in that your family. preferences, you know, yeah. we don't judge here. No judgment. Once he's done <laughs> drowning this woman in barf, Ugh. he stands up and he, Julie coughs again, calling Simon's attention. And he kind of starts walking his zombie walk towards the gals in the secret nook. Ele tries to shush la pobre. Yuli, que tiene sangre coming out of her mouth now. And she's like covering her mouth up as she coughs. And Simone comes right up to them, right next to La Sophie, who is still by the bush. When we cut over to Sara and Pato, who are still pulling at door handles, and one of them sets off a car alarm. And, and Pato says, El peor plan de la historia. And I was like, <laughs> Seriously, yep. bro. She's the best. So, Simon hears this car alarm and he's like, what the fuck is that? And he follows that, saving the other girls. As he's investigating this car that's honking and honking, Sara says to Pato, that there is not your friend anymore. Whatever it is, no lo chames. Chames. No lo chames. No lo chames. Do not call him over here. He turns to leave, and with a sigh of relief, the gals are, like, sitting up against the car. Pato slams her head on the back of the fucking, on the car door, setting off another alarm. Uh Uh-oh. Simon turns, he sees the gals, and he is zombie sprinting down the street after Pato and Sara. Sara trips over and Simone falls on top of her and she's pushing him away again like the other lady pushing his face away. And Pato stops and notices the back of his head. Now, again, like I said before, Simone has a a mohawk and his mohawk is like turquoise color. It's like a Mm. teal situation. But on the back of his head, you would think like, oh, that's the rest of his mohawk, but it's not. Because we get a better look, and it's almost like I called it a roly poly yamaka. Like it's a. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's like almost like, like armadillo y. Lobster to pay. Yes! A lobster <laughs> to pay, but only on the back of your head only here. Only on the back, yes. But this fucking 
roly poly lobster toupee grossed me out. Yeah. It grossed me out more than the vomiting, honestly. Agreed. Ew. I agree. Yeah. This is so fucking nasty. I think specifically because there's something about. <laughs> yeah, it's like about a tick. It. It's just yeah, like, it's, it's a parasite. A foreign thing attached to you. Yeah. That is like, and, and at this moment, you're like, oh, that's controlling. Semen. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think that also adds to the, the like, Ooh, I got a bug on me and I have yeah. zero control of my body and being. No, 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 and no. And it's no, in no, the no, back. No. Like I can't see, see? it. Ah! It's so <laughs> gross. So this shrimp yamaka that we're holding on to. <laughs> Jesus. And when when Pato sees this bug on the back of his head, she pulls out this pen that's been holding her hair up and she calls out for Simon, who gets off Sara and he walks slowly towards Pato. Soy tu pato, no te, acord- no te acordas? And I was like, oh, no, the, the phrase I'm your pato made my heart sad mm. i was like that's your friend maybe lover maybe boyfriend like some Who you knows? can tell that there was something there and he comes up real close to her he grabs her by the back of the neck and he pulls her close and he fucking sprays her fucking Ugh. face with white vomit all over her face but as he's fucking yakking all over her, she swings her arm back and stabs the back of his head right into the bug. And he pulls away and screams and reaches into Pato's stomach and pulls out all of her fucking guts falling down to the ground. This was a great effect. Amazing. I mean, so I was really good. upset because I fucking love Pato, but I was like. Oh, didn't see it coming too, because it happens either. fast, yeah. and it. This is not CGI. His arm is like in to her. the elbow in her, and pulling he pulls out her it guts. out, and it's just like, oof, man, yeah, great kill, awful because Pato, yeah, because Pato, but they fucking awesome. nailed this. Pato and Simon both fall to the ground. Sara runs over to Pato and she notices that something small is crawling away from the scene very quickly. Simon is dead. Pato, who is dying, says we shouldn't have come. All of this to do a do a favor a este boludo. Yo de concha caliente, which I was like, oh, girl. Damn. De concha caliente. Concha caliente. You got a hot fucking concha that's wanting to fucking do the things. Yeah. Yeah. Poor man. Yo de concha caliente. And she tells Sara to take care of the girls and Pato dies. All right. Now, this was, I was very upset here. However, just a quick note about the music, which wasn't bad in this movie. The the music Mm -hmm. was not, it it was good. But they add, look, I love Pato, but the unnecessary melodramatic piano music here, por favor, doesn't yeah. fit in this movie, I don't it think. A, it not, was a little not, dramatic. A little too much. Yeah. And like, yeah. I feel like we're 20 minutes in still. Like, everything happens fast. So yeah. I was like, a little too early for this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, I agree. Ele has left the house that they were with. Sophie and Yuli and find Sara in the street and she brings her back to their safe place uh, and which is basically the inside of the house that they were sitting outside of. Sophie is taking care of Yuli on the couch 
and Sara tells the girls that Pato is dead. Yuli eh, tiene una fiebre, it will not go down, she will not wake up. De repente they hear a noise upstairs, like someone walking on the roof. And then they also hear that this weird odd noise. I thought this was the soundtrack at first I, I, because it was it's like there is a yeah there's a beat to it. Yeah, but I was like, there's, what the fuck? It's not fucking the, syncopated. Like totally. The girls go to look out the window and it sounds like this noise is coming from the tree outside. We zoom in and in the branches is what I'm calling a humanoid creature mm-hmm. in a red hood. And it has like a sort of gas mask breathing apparatus around mm-hmm. its mouth and nose. And it sits waiting. Now, this humanoid creature Toxic Avenger. Mm-hmm. He's the one that attacked Simon up in the top. You can tell because of his red cape, but also his weird face, which the reason I say humanoid is because when we see the mask over his face, we get a zoom in of his eyes where the skin and like the actual structure of his face isn't human, but mm-hmm. it is. He does have a human Ish. body, basically. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. He stands up like a man, basically. Or yeah, like, a, like basically. a human, I mean. Yeah. And we hear the creak, 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 creak coming from him. But <laughs> <Beat>. also, <laughs> we also hear, <laughs> like, kind of like Darth Vader, Vader breathing. breathing from this gas mask, mm-hmm. I think. Now it's nighttime, and the remaining girls decide that they need to arm themselves. So Sara goes to the kitchen. She grabs some knives. She also sees on the ground some goo footsteps. Mm-mm. Hmm. She hands Sophie a knife while Ele and her go looking around the house to maybe find an escopeta or something. They want more ar- uh, armas. Maybe a gun would be good. Something more powerful than a fucking kitchen knife. So Sara and Ele go through the house and they discover that the scientifico dad that we saw earlier is mm. dead on the ground in the bathtub. So the house they're in is the house we saw at the top. They go into the teen boy's room and uh, Sara says, uno muy raro. And she picks up a little figurine, which we don't see the front of, but I'm pretty sure that's fucking Ash from Evil Dead. Absolutely. That's gotta be Ash. Yeah. Yeah. They look around at all of the fucking Charlie connecting the fucking dot stuff around the room, including a notebook that has like drawings and notes and math and science and adonde y cuando <laughs> and like all these things inside. And Ele reads a section out to Sara saying that the scientist dad used to make notes of everything and have them with him always and that the teen was sure that he could find them and duplicate them. His mom never goes to the lab, and so she won't suspect a thing. So the girls discover, oh, this house must have a lab. And they say, maybe there's armas in there. So let's go check it out. In the living room, we hear creak, 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 creak. But it's (laughs) outside, and it seems to be looking into the window right at Yuli, who's lying down in the couch. La Sophie goes to the kitchen to make herself a sandwich and pours herself 
a glass of milk. What's happening? Why is this happening now? <laughs> is it because we're paying attention to it more? But now I'm like, there is leche por todos Everywhere. lados. Everywhere. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get it with like, give me some cookies, something like that. I'll have a little bit of milk. Pero she makes a sandwich. A sandwich? Sí. No. And Con I, leche? And here's the jam. You're going to be running around and you're going to, you've been being chased by a weird zombie. Agua. Drink some water, bro. Agua. <laughs> Agua. No, hold on. Anyways. <sighs> Meanwhile, in the bathroom from the toilet, Ugh. that tiny lobster yamaka decides to climb out of it. And we see a little, like, whatever puppetry they use was really cool because he kind of, like, pops out and a little ridge on the top just goes boop and like sticks out of it. It was very, very small, but really cool. And that fucking shrimp fucking toupee makes its way downstairs, crawling by passed out Yuli. In the lab, which is where that circular science structure was at, Sara and Ele find, don't really find guns. Sara even says, la escopeta te la debo, which I love that line, like, I owe you a fucking shotgun. <laughs> like, that's great. Because there's not one they, down here. But they do find a machete and a crossbow. That's pretty good. Back to passed out Yuli. The insect yamaka crawls up to the side table towards Yuli's head. Pero la Sophie entra de nuevo with her sandwich and milk. And uh, she sits herself in between the bug and la Yuli, who she puts her head onto her own lap. She also leaves her knife in the kitchen. Girl. Dummy. She unsuccessfully tries to give Yuli some of her milk, like literally just pours it onto her face. I'm like, gross. And she's about to take a big glug of milk herself. Cuando de repente she hears something behind her and she freaks out. She stands up really fast, dropping Yuli in el piso, (laughs) which I laughed really hard at. She's looking around trying to find what made that sound, pero nada. Cuando, cuando suddenly it's like a splat, and the minute like the splat hits her, her arms spread out, mm. but like not willingly. It wasn't like yes. she was the one doing it. Somebody else did it. She's been overtaken. Yes. And when she spreads out her arms, she knocks over a vase. In the lab, Sara and Ele hear the vase crash and they run to see and they arrive and find Sophie standing in the middle of the room, head down, very creepy vibes, like possession kind of situation. Again, strong, strong, evil dead vibes. Absolutely. It's, it's very much like, (laughs) yes, and turning to find what's her dick on the floor. But like a little like crickety, like, you know, like yes, little teeny movements here. Very, mm-hmm. very, very cool. Like, you know, body work, I guess. But I just a quick observation about the transitions in this movie. Like when la Sophie smashes the vase and then they hear it in the lab. There's like this quick, fast transition here that happens a few times in this movie that I really, really appreciated that kind of like works with the time structure of the movie to be like, oh, this is when this is happening. This is when this is happening. And I really, really, really enjoyed that, the, the transitions in the film. Ele goes up to Sophie 
slowly and she asks if that's all yang and sophie doesn't answer she's twitching slightly and when she approaches her we see sophie starts to spit up some white stuff mm. she slowly brings up her head and we see that her eyes are evil dead bloodshot and suddenly she grabs ella's throat making her drop the crossbow, and Sara rushes in and whack Machete right on the shoulder of, <gasps> like, the fucking arm holding Ele's throat. Pero como que nada, la Sophie doesn't even flinch. She is nope. still choking the shit out of fucking Ele. And now she's grabbed uh, fucking Sara's throat. So una en cada mano, she is holding both these women by the throat, she chokes them out and Sara reaches behind her and pulls the extra cleaver that she had that was hanging from her punk rock chain belt. And she just starts a whacking like in la cara, la cara entera, just like whack, whack on and your close face. up cleavers of it, like just smash, smash into your face. Here is a cleaver. There you go. Like and. Blood spurting on her face, on fucking Ella's face, on fucking Sophie's face, which is her own face that's being cleavered. Cleaved? Cleavered? I have no idea, but this was so fucking cool because it's so literally good. a close-up shot of this and it looks good. This, at so least good. from what I can tell, this is not CGI and they, no. again, wow, very, very cool effect. Very cool. Did you notice in these moments of when there are fights or screaming or yelling that they added this like echoing effect on their voice? Yes, it's almost like um, I hate to say this, but I think that a little bit of the sound design was just off because mm -hmm. I don't know if this was like they had like recorded it later, but it sounds almost like it like the sound is coming from a different room, like there's reverb. It's weird. Yeah, it's very odd. There's just it's almost like they layered the same sound on top of the other. And like there, they put an effect on. But it's it sounds specifically only in the times when mm. there's like screaming and yelling and fighting, because when they're talking or when they're any of right. that stuff, it's fine. But then when they're having these moments of violence, it's this. And it's just a slight distortion that you're mm -hmm. like, this just. I don't think it landed that well. I to agree. Be I feel like it's a little bit off. To be yeah, totally, honest. I was takes, like, it took me out of it. Like I, I'm focusing more on like, why does it sound like that? Correct. Rather yeah. than like, whoa, this is so fucking cool. Because the fights and all this stuff are really well done. Very cool, and especially when you're like, yeah, cleave that face, bro, cleave it <laughs> up. But then it's like, oh, cleave it up. It's so yeah. weird, you know? Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I, I definitely noticed that. So La Sophie, after being cleaved in the face a thousand times, she drops Ele from uh, choking her and starts to double choke Sara. And she is pulling Sara in and we see that little white dribble and you know that it's about to happen. Cuando de repente, creak, 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 and through the window crash, here comes caped toxic avenger humanoid being from the tree jumping through the window attacking la sophie not the other girls la sophie yeah okay sophie slams this being on the wall and she 
pulls her face into his and just vom all over his face. Pero él tiene su máscara, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So she is Wear vomiting, your mask, vomiting, vomiting. Where's your mask? Wear it now. <laughs> He punches La Sophie. He grabs her by the back of the head. But then at that same time, Sara, who's now on the ground, grabs her machete and she swings at at Toxic Avenger's leg. He howls and punches Sara away from him. He looks down at Sophie and he sees that there's a gross, goopy trail that leads away from her head towards another room. And he follows it just in in time to see the shrimp toupee go down into the toilet again. Mm. So Sana, after she got punched by Toxic Avenger, she comes to and uh, on the ground and she watches as this fucking humongous being, because this guy is also ginormous yes muscles abound and just huge the reason why i said this was very uh psycho gorman is because this person this creature humanoid Mm -hmm. is what seem it looks a lot like what psycho gorman looks like oh okay sure that it seems it it is like when i saw him and i was like psycho gorman so sada watches him like lean up against the wall and he pulls this what I called a predator style healing machine. Yeah. (laughs) And he injects himself with it and basically heals the machetazo that Sara did on his leg. He like stomps his leg a little bit and he's like, cool, I'm all set. (laughs) This moment I was like, Oh, predator! Got right? it. Like I'm so clearly, glad you said that. clearly inspired by predator because not only does he like you know literally, I'm pretty sure predator takes it from his little arm from band his too. Arm. Yeah, yeah. Stabs himself in the wound to fix himself, and then is like, like <laughs> screams like, like the predator. <laughs> and also, I'm just gonna say here. So okay. Sara was being, you know, chokehold by La Sophie. She was cleavering her in the face. That is not like, oh, you'll be fine. I'm she's cleavering to kill. But when this predator toxic avenger creature comes in, he's clearly going after La Sophie, helping Sara and Ele. And I was like, why are you macheteing him? You literally were just trying to kill her, which again was, you know, Throughout the Predator movies, they do kind of like turn out to be the good guys, if you mm-hmm. will. So this mm-hmm. gave me such strong Predator vibes. But I was like, Sara, por favor. Pay attention. Pay attention. He's clearly trying to help you. Pero no. Yeah. Let's fucking, let's pull the machete let's, out. Okay. Let's machetar el fucking brother. Que yeah. Who also, just saved your life, basically. Who just saved your life. Yes. Yeah. But you know, when you see a large monster person attacking your friend who you're right. hopefully going to believe that she's going to be okay, I think your After, instinct would be like... You're right. I get it. Like, you're trying to protect uh, your friend, but you just cleavered yeah, you her did just face. Cle- yeah, you just cleaved it up and you're like, <laughs> come on. So Toxic Avenger, at once he's uh, healed himself, he stomps on over to Sada, who pretends to be knocked out again. And he's like sniffing, inspecting her body, specifically 
around her stomach. He like stops there and seems to be like looking at it to see. Somehow, without telling us, he's like, this seems to be okay. Walks away from Sara and goes over to Ele, who's also knocked out. He like gives her a sniff. He also like runs his weird claw hand that he has uh, over the back of her head to see if there's any shrimp fucking bug toupees on there. Mm -hmm. Nothing. And then he goes over to La Yuli, que todavía mm -hmm. está en el piso after getting knocked off of fucking <laughs> Sophie's lap. And he sniffs her and immediately he's like, nope, not this one. And he goes to pick her up. La Sara sees him reaching for Yuli. So she grabs that machete again. She jumps over the couch Girl. in a cool way to attack this creature. He's about to leave through the window he crashed in with Julie's unconscious body when he very calmly, barely even looking at her, turns around and fucking elbow smashes her to the other side of the room, knocking her out. Goodbye. See ya. Ele wakes up Sara. She's like, Aha, ¿cómo está? Are you okay? Are you okay? Is everything okay? Todavía te late el corazón. Sí, todavía me late. Great. Meanwhile, Toxic, Toxic Avenger is taking La Yuli to a park in the middle of this town, and he ties her hands up over her head up to a lamppost. He then pulls out an interdimensional box cutter, <laughs> slices open her stomach, reaches in. She is now awake oh, she's and like, what screaming the fuck? her face off mm -hmm. as she sees him slice across her fucking stomach, reach inside and pull out a clear egg mm. with a, a tiny baby version of the shrimp toupee. At this moment, I was like, the vomiting is inseminating. Yes, that is. That's how the eggs are being laid, if you will. Yes. yes. So every time you've seen somebody yak into somebody else's mouth, mm -hmm. that's that fucking being fully just jizzing and making a baby inside of you. Absolutely. Like the 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 shrimp uh, toupee, the, the lobster toupee attaches it to your head you start vomiting on people and then all of a sudden you got eggs in your gut <laughs> and they are so gross <laughs> Ew, yeah so gross he takes that fucking clear egg he roars into the night and then he smushes it in his fist almost as if like hey come and get me Fucking, what's her name from, uh, what, uh, 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 I know what you did last summer. Yeah. What are you waiting for? I mean, and this is where it's established. Clearly, this toxic Avenger predator creature is trying to get rid of these leech uh, lobster toupees. Like, yes. that's what this thing is here to do. <laughs> yes, yes. La Sara y la L, they run over to the park and they find la Yuli and the creature. He's pacing around La Yuli again, like almost like waiting to see who's going to show up to fucking fight me. I'm ready to fight is what it seems like. And it's obvious that La Yuli is bait. Like she is here to call the toupee over. Sara tells Ele to give her the crossbow and she starts loading up an arrow and she shoots, landing right into Toxic Avenger's shoulder. 
He looks around trying to find where it came from. Nada, cuando de repente swish, another arrow, pero this time en la cabeza, headshot. He bellows and runs away, and Sara gives Ele the crossbow as she runs over to La Yuli. She's like, no te preocupes, everything's fine, everything's fine. La Sara is like the mom, but you, Pato, I think you were supposed to feel like Pato was the mom because mm -hmm. she's the manager, but it's obvious that it's Sara. Sara's yeah. here to make sure it's okay. Look at me. We're okay. We're okay. And the that most kind in of charge, vibe. the most overprotective, if you, if you yes. will. Yeah. Totally. So she's like, it's okay. It's okay. So she gives Yuli a, a once over and she sees the slit on her stomach and Ooh. out of the slit falling out all these eggs just topple out of her disgusting now i know I loved like it. this was so cool so fucking gross and goopy but i know that literally the creature reached into her pulled out an egg but i did not see this like tumble of goopy eggs pouring out of her <laughs> tumble because they really do tumble just out of her yep <laughs> So fucking gross. If from behind, sin que vea la Sara, behind Julie comes this big fucking guy, like a big dude walking up, and the bug has attached itself to this motherfucker. So the big guy looks down at the girls, and the, he sees the eggs at their feet. Y la Sara accidentally steps on one and smushes it, so causing gross. the big dude to freak the fuck out. That's my baby. And he starts chasing after la Sara. They're running around this lamppost, like ring around the rosy dude. It's ridiculous. And all the while, La Ele is trying to load up this fucking arrow to shoot at the dude. The big guy grabs Sara. He lifts her. He's shaking her. He de repente, swish. Ele shoots, grabs the guy. The big guy falls down. And we see the back of his head. And the bug is gone. Mm. Ele runs over to Sara. She's okay. They pull out that last flecha that they had from the dead bug guy. But they do hear a noise coming from behind them. We They turn to see that La Yuli is now picking up those eggs on the ground and putting them back into herself, into Ugh. the slit of her stomach, like a fucking fanny pack, dude. Like, like she a is like kangaroo. Ew, fanny gross. packing, kangarooing herself, just shoving the eggs back into her huge wound. Disgusting. Uh, and Sara approaches her slowly with her machete because she's like, I'm. Because uh, we it. see, I tell shrimp to pay. We got to get this guy. Pero la Julie turns and attacks her and pins Sara to the ground with her knees right in her throat, yelling, screeching in her face. All the while, la L de nuevo trying to load up the fucking flecha and the fucking crossbow. But it's too much. Things are going too fast. So she just runs. Vale verga. She runs over to Julie. She's going to hit her with the butt of the, the butt of the crossbow. But la Julie last minute lifts her arm and stops it. And she holds it. And she shoves Ele across the way with the force of her like alien being that's attached to her the back of her head. Knocking Ele out. But not before... We see a bunch of flashes of her abuser again beating her up through the thing. 
through mm-hmm. her life. Now, this is where I'll say that what you said earlier about uh, this movie moving pretty fast towards these, like in these moments, I thought this abuser plot line should have been explored a little bit more because, or at least like the PTSD drama, not drama, trauma part of it, uh, maybe should have been like given us just a little bit more of how it's debilitated Ele a little bit more. I agree with you fully. I think that this was, I mean, spoiler alert, it becomes kind of a loose end in this movie. It doesn't really go anywhere where it should propel this movie forward because they keep coming back to it and I, I'm, I'm going to say there are a few things in this movie. Some of them, like, I don't mind that they kind of leave it unanswered and it's like, make it, you know, decide for yourself. But something like this abuse, something this prevalent and yeah. honestly, like, if you're going to talk about this, like, let's take this quite seriously. It doesn't go anywhere. At least for right. me, it does not go anywhere in this movie. So I agree with you. Absolutely. Yeah, I w- And like, I think... This movie's very fantastical and it does have these like science fiction vibes and this like really gross out nature and all that stuff. And maybe they thought it would be too heavy for this kind of like, quote unquote, lighthearted barf movie. But like, yeah. I think it would have given it way more uh, depth and like motivation and reason for these women to survive even more Ele to survive like Mm -hmm. how do you how do you have that trauma uh really show in how it stops you from moving and uh like she even says when that first guy attacks her she's like i froze Mm -hmm. and for the rest of the movie she doesn't really ever freeze again she kind of is doing great actually she's shooting crossbows and doing the thing and it's like you needed to lean into that side of her a little bit more i I agree i see their attempt at trying to like finish it as we get further into the movie we'll see how that happens but like if you're going to introduce this follow through you got to follow through but i i don't think they i don't think they nailed that they just they didn't unfortunately so it's the day again and we hear the sea and seagulls and we see Ele stirring. She's on the sand. And so does Sara. We see Sara is uh, on the sand as well. But she is now one of the many heads sticking out of the sand, buried up to her neck. Just like in the beginning, the way that Julie discovered the entire the garden of heads. Basically, This is such a cool shot here because yes, it's a lot yes. more. And it's just, it just seems so like barren and vast and so icky, creepy. Just yeah. bare, ugh, basically like egg carriers, you know, like yep. turtles. You know how like turtles bury their fucking eggs oh in the sand? Oh my God, absolutely. You know? Turtles, dude. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, it's such a wonderful take specifically on in aliens when like they're in that you know, in those like vast caverns where people are just like, just basically like stuck to the walls. Basically, these are cocoons for these parasite eggs. It's really, really cool. And honestly, 
quite clever and uh I've never really seen this kind of yeah. take before and I was yeah. just like well done very cool I agree yeah. and especially if you think of if you think about being buried in the sand like there's something like the the entrapment part of it yeah. is very you're not so going anywhere. The claustrophobia of it all is yes. very real. So yeah. a really smart way to show this incubation period, if you totally. Will. And you know, if you're really thinking about it, this is a zombie movie. Yeah. Um. And but they're giving us a different take on it by the mm -hmm. you you are zombified when you are basically parasited, I don't know if that's a fucking word, yeah. by the shrimp toupee, which uh -huh. I'm like, haven't really seen that either before. So like, yeah. there are some really kind of like clever, really cool twists in this movie that I that I like, you know? I agree. So Sara, who is fully awake now and in the fucking sand, she sees that Ele is across the way from her and she's at the bottom of a pile of people. She's like stirring and moving, but not fully awake yet. But she's like, there's a bunch of people piled on top of her. Suddenly some feet go by uh, Sara's head and we see that it's Julie. And she now has or, or she has the bug attached to her head. And she goes over to another buried person's head who's still alive and awake and like, whoa, looking around like, what the fuck is going on? She pushes his head back, fucking, again, voms into his face and open mouth. And um, <laughs> again, incubating. Uh, uh, this is uh, intercourse of some sort. Kim fucking Sala, you're my surrogate. And then she moves on to another head as Sara is trying to very quietly wake Ele up across the way. She's like, Ele, Ele. Hey, hey. And all she has is her head to like move right. around. Finally, Ele does wake up and she sees that like this pile of people is on her and she starts to freak out. It's too heavy. And we see <laughs> fucking more vomiting into people's faces. Another guy gets vomited, gets his neck cracked and fucking vomited into. But then La Julie hears La Ele struggling underneath her pile of people and she starts to crawl towards Ele. And as she passes Sara's head, she Sara's like, Julie! And she calls her to not go over to Ele. And she's about to vom and or impregnate la fucking Sara cuando creak, 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 and grab. <laughs> Here comes fucking Toxic Avenger Predator again. And he pulls Julie off of Sara and they start to fight. La Ele is finally free from her pile of people and she runs over to Sara and starts to dig her out. Who's like, déjame, save yourself, salvatio. And she's like, no, bitch, no. Get me. I would be like, get me out of here. Oh, absolutely. Dig me out. This is not the time to be the hero. Like, no, save yourself. No. The, no, the, bitch. These two are occupied. Get me the fuck out of here. Dig, dig me out of here. Yeah. Dig. Which Ele does. Meanwhile, La Julie is getting kicked by the creature and the fucking creature is getting his eyes thumbed in by fucking Julie and he's like punching, fighting. We're doing great stuff. When he grabs his interdimensional box cutter and he stabs her in the mouth, sending the bug attached to her head flying off and it hides itself in the sand. But then Toxic Avenger slices and all we see is Julie's top half of her head, like from her up, uh, her upper jaw yeah. up. 
flying through the air, her fucking long pigtails just swinging about. <laughs> Horrible, but very uh, cool. It's so fucking cool. It's a great, it's so cool. great, great shot. And as Ele finally has gotten Sara out of the sand, they start to run and they turn to see their fucking friend fall to her knees. Zero head left. Pero Ele runs over very quickly and grabs the interdimensional box cutter, who, which has landed in the sand. Both her and Sara run into the woods. Now, this is so, okay, clearly La Juli is dead and gone because her head has been sliced in half. <laughs> Pero yes. this is, I think, an important thing to note that I noticed throughout the film. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure, like, if you've been parasited, if you're wearing the shrimp toupee, once it leaves your body, you're dead. You're dead. Do, doesn't matter, like, even if you, like, if your wounds from previous, you know, whatever, pre before shrimp toupee was even on your body, if the wounds were not mortal, then it doesn't matter. Once that thing yeah. is attached, once it's gone, they mueres. That's it. That's you're it. You're dead. Yeah. All you are is a Petri dish, dude. They're just yeah. trying to shove a fucking egg in you, and that's it. That's exactly Las muchachas están corriendo. They run and run and run through the woods, all over these woods. They're trying to get the fuck out of here. And when suddenly La Sara trips on a branch and slams into a fallen trunk. Mm. But something isn't right. Ele looks over at her and there is a full on thick branch that has gone all the way through La Sara. And she's like, creo que me clavé en algo. Yeah, girl. No, duh, honey. You don't. You don't say. <laughs> no kidding, pal. No kidding. And even Ele is like, yes, you're yes. right. You would be correct. <laughs> yes, you have. It seems as though you have. And she's like, I can't take you out of here. I will not remove you. If I do, you will bleed out. And Sara pulls out. The healing machine, la vacuna, basically, mm, that mm -hmm. they that they had found in the house originally and the predator healing machine. And she says he used this to heal himself. And Ele says, OK, I'll go and get it. I'm going to go get it from him. You don't do anything. You stay here. And Sara says, I don't want to die. Mm. And la pobre fucking Ele is like, okay, I'm going to have to live with this now. So she's like, no digas eso porque eso no va a pasar. Aguanta, yo te curo. Okay. And as Ele runs off, we see that shrimp toupee slowly approach in the woods floor. And it's crawling towards Sara. Oh, boy. Back at the beach, Ele finds fucking Toxic Avenger again, and she goes to attack him, but he's like, yeah, right, bitch, and literally just shoves her out of the way. She goes to jump on him again, and he's like, who do you think you are, ho, and shoves her into the sand. Y la tercera vez, she goes, and she grabs that international, international, <laughs> that interdimensional, <laughs> that international, interdimensional, global box cutter, <laughs> and stab. But this time it's different. Mm. This time she stabs him and you can tell it hurts him. Mm -hmm. He falls to the ground and the creak creak that we have been listening coming from this dude this whole time. Creak, 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 creak starts to sound different. Ele goes over to him and 
She's looking down when he reaches up towards her. I jumped. I was oh, totally. Like, this was the jump. This was the scariest jump for me in this film. Absolutely. Absolutely. But he, instead of like grabbing her or anything, he actually goes for the box cutter and he pulls it out. She moves his red cape, which is the Coca-Cola flag from the circular the science structure that we machine. had at the beginning. Yes. And underneath it, in a little compartment of where your heart would be, basically, is a tiny bug. Mm. Not a bug like the other kind that we saw. This is a different looking bug. It gave me total Men in Black vibes. Oh, my God. You know what it gave me? Absolutely Men in Black, but it gave me Kronos. You know, Kronos, the definitely bug the a thing. bug in the thing. And also, I was like, this is like... Iron Man, but if he were powered by a bug, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like a circular he... container in the chest area, you know. Yes, yes. And this, it seems, this bug is what is powering our toxic Avenger Predator. Yes, and the reason we know this is because he starts spewing what looks like cafe con leche out of his little uh, fucking body because he mm-hmm. just got stabbed by the interdimensional box cutter. Yeah. So she mistakenly does it. She didn't mean because she didn't know. She didn't know that this large creature monster was Mm -hmm. powered by a bug. Right. But unfortunately, she kills our, technically our hero. I mean, I was like, mira, Ele, this was the moment for you to take a moment and think and be like, maybe I should try to communicate with this person and be like, hey, could you help? Perhaps. He is shoving you. He's not attacking you. Every time that you attack him, he is like, defensive he is not yeah. offensive so you need to re- read the room ladies. just be like hola me entiendes are we speaking <laughs> the same language like is this maybe senor sí. por favor help me you, out me, me ele, point you be who? like my friend sick i don't know how you would fucking <laughs> make the <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can see this me, right now, but no, me, me no barf, me right. no bombita, me no barf, right? me no shrimp uh, toupee, me no huevo adentro. I don't know why I'm like a gringa talking. Right, right, to right. Me no huevo adentro. <laughs> but this was the time to communicate. This was the time. But instead, you're like, no, I'm gonna kill this. I'm gonna kill this thing. Sure, okay, I fine. I also think I wish we had more Toxic Avenger. Just a little bit more. I don't need all these like loose ends tied up, but this was another loose end that I was like, ah, que, que, que está pasando? Who, what is this thing? Why? Where did they come from? Why? Why is Who? he wearing the Coca-Cola cape that we saw at the top of the thing? Like, por qué? Was he friends with the science dad? Was that science dad when he disappeared into interdimensions? Like, A little bit of that would have been very cool to know more. Like, I think I think it was smart for them to establish like this science dad did something weird. And now this kid trying to find his dad has caused a rift in the multiverse. Great. Right. But if you're going to bring in creatures from this other dimension, we're going to like just a little bit more information of what is their purpose 
I mean, obviously they want to reproduce, but mm-hmm. like, por qué? To take over? To what? Right. What is and the plan? And then like, why is the Toxic Avenger Predator here trying to get rid of them? Like, what's yeah. going on here? Anyway, not not resolved. Not resolved. Agreed. So, R.I.P. to Toxic Avenger. He is now dead because that bug died. Entonces la L is like, well, I still need to take my vacuna to my girlfriend. So she grabs the Predator healing machine and she runs back into the woods. When she reaches the tree trunk that Sara was at, oops, she's not there anymore. Mm, And the branch that was fully inside of her is still bloody and dripping. Ele looks around trying to find Sara and then suddenly there she is spitting up the white stuff and that shrimp toupee is now attached to Sara. Sara sprints to Ele and attacking her and falling to the ground which makes Ele drop the vacuna and Sara is like trying to grab her and pull her and pulling her in she goes to vomit on top of fucking Ele pero la Ele brings her jacket up and protects herself I was like close your mouth girl close your mouth all orifices (laughs) shut them now throughout this movie whenever the vomit was close to happening people were like let me open my Uh, mouth as wide as possible close your mouth shut your your eyes Put a little a clip Plug your nose your with nose. your fingers. Come on. No, Guys, I'm going to open on. my mouth as wide as possible. Yes. Uta. Ridiculous. Ele is reaching for the lacuna and trying to grab it. And she almost has it, but La Sara pulls her away from it. And La Ele kicks her in the fucking face and runs. Pero La Sara catches up, grabbing her by the back of the hair. She pulls her face towards hers and she's about to vomit in her mouth. Pero La Ele elbows her in the face and she grabs a nearby chunk of wood and she slams it in Sarah's, in Sara's face, knocking her out with a big old chunk in the face. Her face looks Ugh. great. Like, fuck that. It looks awesome. But she's only knocked out for a little bit, enough for Ele to grab the lacuna. And Sara suddenly sits back up, adjusts her zombie body, and she sprints over back to Ele and grabs her, slams her head three times on a tree, lifts her by the throat, and Ele kicks her away from her. And she's like, please, Sara. Sé que estás allá adentro. I know you're in there. Vos no sos así. Nunca me, nunca me harías eso. You wouldn't do this to me ever. Te quiero. Te amo. I know you can hear me, mi amor. And on her final sprint, Sara runs right at Ele, but she stops short. The camera pans down, and Ele has pierced the predator vacuna into Sara's heart. Todavía late. Still beating. It sends Sara falling backwards. She starts to seize and spit up white shit and she shakes and freaks out and finally she stops. But then suddenly, una, like a <sighs> fountain of blood explodes out of Sara's mouth, just spewing blood up into the air. And Sara sits straight up, fine, awake, alive, not zombified. Sara reaches behind her head And she grabs the top of the shrimp toupee and she tries to like pull it, like literally like peel it, peel. She's peeling it off of her head. It's so gross. And she takes it all off. She throws it on the ground. But it's so disgusting. 
And Ele stands up, she grabs a big-ass branch, and she smashes the shit out of this fucking bug. She goes over to Sara and tries to wake her up, but it was all too much. Sara's dead. Ele emerges from the woods onto a paved road and starts to walk. The camera pans out as the credits run, and Ele walks down the road. And then we have a post credit scene, which mm. is basically Pussy Cake introducing its members. And it's like, this is Sophie. She's bass. This is Julie. She's guitar. That's fucking Sara Cake. She is drums. And I'm fucking Ele Cake. And we are Pussy Cake. Muchas gracias. Esto fue Pussy Cake. Nos vemos en la próxima. Chao. Fin de la película. Nice. Okay, so Ele basically saved Sara by injecting her with the predator vacuna, pero as soon as she's got to pull that uh, shrimp toupee off her head, that's it. You're dead. Right? Isn't that what we're supposed to assume here? I was actually confused by this. I mean, because she does have the impalement wound still. Uh huh. But then she did take the vacuna. Why were you confused? Well, because so there's a moment with uh, with Toxic Avenger Predator where he when he has the arrow in his head, he does the vacuna in his head and then he pulls the arrow out, Mm. which I was like, okay, so I was like, I don't understand why she didn't heal. Um, But I guess maybe if once you have the that. I guess, like you said, like the parasite on you kills you if you pull it off. But I was like, and then I was like, was it too much for her human body than the her toxic Avenger counterpart? Like, I didn't, I yeah. don't know if that made sense to me. I was I, kind of upset that Sada died. So was I. I was about to say, I was surprised that she died and I don't think she should have died. Especially, I agree, I don't think so either. Especially in this story, like, at the end there, when Sara, like, you know, is beating the shit out of poor Ele, the, there's a moment where, like, the colors change and it looks more like the color palette of the, the flashback her, scenes of the abuse. Her dream sequence. Yeah, yeah. And that, like we mentioned earlier, was, like, I think their attempt at being, like, this is where Ele is, like, overcoming her demons. But it, I don't think it's cl- clear enough. I don't think so That either. kind of, like, change in the color palette. And her, because, and like you said, she doesn't freeze. It's a moment where, you know, she's trying to like ration or be like trying to get the human side of Sara to come back to like come to, if you will. So she should survive. Like she should make it in the end. Sara should make it. I was like, whoa, okay. But no, you're going to kill her off. And I get it. Like in the end, it's like, okay, Ele is like, She's alone, but she'll be okay. And I'm like, but I don't feel like that's quite what you're giving us here. No, because the whole point was like, we were a group, we were a band, we're together. If anything, like it would have been, you know, not to make all movies happy ending and cheesy, whatever. But if your storyline is going to be based on this lady overcoming abuse, and especially when it's like, She's found somebody who was supportive enough to want to keep her safe and all this stuff. And you sacrifice that person where she found safety and mm-hmm. was finally like feeling okay again. Like it, I don't know. I, it's, 
it bummed me out. I was like, I, I wish agree. he had at least had Sara to like go down that road with, you know? I absolutely agree. Like basically what you're telling is us is like, you can do it alone. But it's like, that's that's not kind of a message that I feel is helpful here. Like it's like, yes, trust yourself to overcome but also ask for help. Like people are here to help your friends, your lovers, your loved ones. Like these people are very important when it comes to your healing process. Like, and basically like the message of this movie didn't give us that. Like it, it's sac- none of these women aside from Ele survive. Whoa. Okay. All right. And also, and I think if you're going to, if you're going to give us this, here I go on my own. Here I go again on my oh, own. No. Mm-hmm. Is then you should have established how low she was and how weak she this that past abuse had made her. We didn't see her overcoming it yeah. because there wasn't a like her lowest part was her having a like a talking dream about it. You know what I mean? That's it. And maybe like, oh, a man talked to me and it, it and it triggered me. But mm-hmm. it like give us more examples of that where she is triggered to a freezing point where she can't go up to bat. But the minute she needs to do anything, she's like, yeah, I'm she ready to it. fucking do it. She kills so, the fucking creature, dude, even though she doesn't yeah. have to. Yeah. I agree. She just shoots crossbows and does all the yeah. fucking thing. Yeah, I agree. It, it didn't it didn't land, unfortunately. But anyway. Nicely done. Let's get Thank into you. some trivia. Let's do it. All right, everybody. So this is my trivia for today. I would just like to point out that the effects for this movie were done by Marcos Berta Studio, La Fabrica de Nerds, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Piromania FX. The music that we heard throughout the film was done by Pablo Fu, and the songs that were sung were by, they were sung by Maria Emilia Lagazzi. I feel like I should shout out these people because, you know, yeah. this is basically a movie about a band. And so, did you know. Did you look this lady up? To I see absolutely if she, did. I found. Does she have other music? I didn't find any of her music. Really? Did not find any of her music. No, unfortunately. So I just wanted to mention that the Pussycat logo was done by a man named a Pussycat. (laughs) (laughs) I literally wrote here, Pussycat logo. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to mention that the Pussycake logo was done by an artist named Eduardo Morgan Gaitan, who I believe is based out of Mexico. You can find him on Instagram at hey.morgan or Morgan. Hey, Morgan. He is a lettering and T-shirt designer based out of Mexico, and he offers an online digital lettering in Photoshop course called Vivid Colors and Reflections. And just by the way, if you're interested, the course is on sale right now for $16.99. That's in U.S. dollars. So check it out, everybody. That's a fucking good deal. Take a class, you fucking numbnuts. (laughs) Take a class. So... In the thank yous of this movie, they thank Ellen Ripley and Sarah Connor, which I think is just so fucking cool. Badass ladies. Badass ladies, you know, done for the nerds. I love that. Also, throughout this movie, they're like when they're in the the teen boys room, there are so many like Easter eggs in there that I'm like, yeah, clearly this is modeled after stuff that you're very much into. And like, they're just, you know, you could pause and be like oh that and that and that which i i really appreciate i thought that was very cool 
yeah, it's fun to see that stuff. So let's talk quickly about Hernan Moyano, who was a writer on this film. He was born December 13th, 1977 in La Plata, Buenos Aires, Argentina. He is a Sagittarius. I just found this interesting because he ties back to other Week Horror movies that we have covered. No so way! He, yes, he was the editor, associate producer, and co-writer of Cold Sweat. Remember Cold Sweat? Holy shit, yeah, the Argentinian trauma porn that we saw. The one where, like, it was all about dynamite and, like, they're, they're covered in the grease like, the ladies like, trapped in the underneath mm-hmm. the house, and there was like a weird old man. Yeah, yes. yeah, the feral women. Sudor frío, sudor frío. I guess frío. is what it was called. Sí. And he was also the associate producer, consulting producer, press manager, and even had a bit part in the film Two Eleven: Day of the Dead. Remember oh that motherfucking God. movie? <laughs> what was his? <laughs> Part probably one of the dudes that was like, Oh my god, that girl fucking bring it, her home. <laughs> it says, I wrote it down, so it says cameo as productor móvil de ext, ext. I was, I just wrote a question mark, like, what the fuck is that? Although there is a gas station scene, could that be like something móvil? Uh, dude, I don't fucking know. But he had a cameo in that movie, Amazing. which I thought would be <laughs> interesting to oh mention. God. 211. Oh, movie. listen, go way back, everybody, because that one's yeah. near, like, I'd say that's in our first 10 episodes yeah. of Road. So <laughs> check it out. It was ridiculous. Yeah. All right. And my last little thing of trivia here is I just wanted to talk about Raven Banner Entertainment, which is the production, one of the production companies of this film. So you can look them up at ravenbannerentertainment.com. They are based out of Toronto, Canada. Interesting that I was like Psycho Gorman, Canadian film, and now this is a Canadian co-production. So I wonder if Psycho Gorman was also produced by Raven Banner. Let's look it up. It is absolutely produced by Raven Banner. Holy (laughs) shit. So, okay, Psycho Gorman that we kept talking about. That, wow, that's that's funny how that <laughs> it all works out that way. So Raven Banner Entertainment uh, that produced Psycho Gorman. So this is what they say <laughs> on their website. It represents unique, innovative, innovative. I always want to say innovative. <laughs> Why? Oh, my God. <laughs> innovative. Innovative. And cutting edge genre films for North American distribution and the international marketplace. Through its expertise in strategic project management, Raven Banner Entertainment can assist in any and all stages of, pro- of project production. From acquisitions, representation, negotiations, strategic marketing plans, consultation, and sales, Raven Banner Entertainment is there in whatever capacity needed. We not only focus on the success of the films, but the success of the filmmakers as well, which I thought was lovely. And so aside from Psycho Gorman, other movies that we have covered on Week Horror that were, you know, had this production production company were Skull, Amascara Anyanga, from Brazil, Luz, The Flower of Evil, which okay. was Colombia, and freaking si. Tigers Are Not Afraid. Isa nice, Lopez's dude. Tigers Are Not Afraid. And also, not a Latinx film, but 
a movie that we watched uh, together, Wolf Cop. <laughs> uh, that, Wolf I mean, Cop. Canada. That Canada. Wolf Cop was Canadian. Yeah, you guys, so... do yourself a fucking solid and watch fucking Wolf Cop. It is so good. Werewolf dick. It is werewolf dick. wild <laughs> and so weird, and there is a werewolf dick. It is yeah. amazing. Or I guess wolf dick, whatever. Uh, it's so... And so anyway, I thought it'd be interesting to mention this uh, entertainment company, and that wow. is my trivia for today. Very cool. I love that. Wow, I can't believe we made that connection with Psycho Gorman. That's fucking dope. <laughs> well, I'm going to talk very quickly about Paulo Pares, our director and writer of this film. Paulo Pares was born in Aedo, which is a Buenos Aires province, on August 28th, 1978. He is a Virgo. Mm, trouble. <laughs> he is an Argentine film director, producer, actor, cinematographer, screenwriter, and film editor, best known for his work in the horror film genre. He has directed and produced over 20 films. He is especially noted for directing the Plaga Zombie comedy horror film series, which um, somebody has already suggested to us. They were like, listen, mm. if you like Argentinian movies, you should watch Plaga Zombie. So cool. see that in the future, gang. Uh, but I guess there's three of them. It's a franchise. Plaga Zombie, which came out in 1997. Plaga Zombie Zona Mutante, 2001. And Plaga Zombie Revolución Tóxica, 2012. Cool. Which he also produced, starred, and wrote. Very nice. So, um... There's a podcast episode of the Nick Taylor Horror Show that I found. And in the the show description, there's some fun stuff that, that I found that uh, says here, here are some takeaways from this conversation with Pablo. It's basically an interview with Pablo Pares. Pares says here, Pablo has a group of people who has been making movies with for years. Most of them do a ton of different jobs, but they have similar tastes and the same mission. So every time they're ready to make a movie, they can lock and load and get it made because they not only have a shorthand working relationship with each other, but they have an infrastructure. Also, every time they sell one movie, they use those funds to make the next movie. This is a self-sustaining, self-feeding ecosystem that ultimately allows Pablo and his team to do what they want. It took him a long time to create, but it's never too late to start nourishing your own filmmaking collective and your own infrastructure. Regardless, it's important to build relationships with people who want to make the same kind of crazy shit that you do, which makes a lot of sense. He also says that you should lean into limitations. In one of Pablo's previous movies, I Am Toxic, he couldn't afford contact lenses for his zombie eyes. I think he just loves a zombie movie because this is oh, yeah. zombie-y, but yeah. I love that. So he created a type of zombie that were so dry, they didn't have eyes. That's kind of cool. cool. This gave them a very cool aesthetic comparable to Lucio Fulci's zombies. This is the approach he took throughout the movie, which allowed him to make a post-apocalyptic wasteland on an extremely low budget. This is an example of a filmmaker working with his budget as opposed to against it. When you work with your budget, your movie feels a lot more cohesive, intentional, and you can get away with so much more to serve your production value. That makes that's very reasonable. It also says make everything intentional. 
As a director, every choice you make in a movie should have an intention behind it. Nothing should be happenstance. Don't get too precious and don't be a dictator, but realize that your job as a director is to direct every single last detail. And if you want to find out any more about um, Pablo Pares and his, his production company, which is called Cine Salvaje, you can go to their Facebook page, which has a lot of information. I They also have a website, cinesalvaje.com, but I feel like the, the Facebook page has better information and is really up to date. And he posts a lot about not only Pussycake right now, but all his other uh, works in his film. So check out their Facebook page for cool pics and like fun articles and artwork. Not only this stuff, but all the stuff they've worked on in the past. And my last thing that I want to talk about is mate. <laughs> <laughs> and this is from Wikipedia. Mate, also known as shimahong or cimarron, is a traditional South American caffeine-rich infused drink. It is made by soaking dried leaves of the yerba mate, Ilex paraguarinienesis, nailed it, in hot water and is served with a metal straw in a container typically made from a calabash gourd. So the, the actual cup is made from a gourd but also in some areas made from a cattle horn. So there oh, you go. wow. Mate was consumed by the Guarani and Tupi peoples, which we've talked about before on this podcast. It has been drunk in South America since before the arrival of Europeans. Its consumption was exclusive to the natives of Paraguay, more specifically the departments of Amambay and Alto Paraná. It is the national beverage of Argentina, Paraguay, and Uruguay, and is also consumed in the Bolivian Chaco, northern and southern Chile, southern Brazil, Syria, which is the largest importer in the world, and Lebanon, where it was brought from Paraguay and Argentina by immigrants. The metal straw you drink out of is known as a bombilla or bomba and is traditionally made of silver. Modern straws are typically made of nickel, silver, or stainless steel, or hollowed-out stemmed cane. The bombilla functions both as a straw and as a sieve. The submerged end is flared with small holes or slots that allow the brewed liquid in but block the chunky matter that makes up much of the mixture. A modern bombilla design uses a straight tube with holes or a string or a spring sleeve to act as the sieve. The container that the mate is served in is also known as mate. It is, uh, again, made by the gourd. And today, mate tea is sold commercially in tea bags and as bottled iced tea. In Brazil, when I was a young woman, they would sell them in, like, disposable plastic cups, like a solid, I'd say, like a 12-ounce cup. With um, you know how yogurt has the peel aluminum thing? Like it would have one of those peels, and people would just be like, and take it down and fucking freak out for the rest of the day. <laughs> and finally, I just wanted to uh, I think I said finally for mate, but I forgot one thing. Um, so we talked about emesis at the top. The definition of emesis, when you Google it, is an act or instance of vomiting. Ugh. So. 
you know, I mean, I wouldn't have known that if I saw it in a fucking poster where they're like, Messi's. Never. But I'm sure there are smart people out there who are like, ew, Messi's like barfing? No thanks. So pussy cake is better. Oh, totally. And that's the end of my trivia. Great. You want to answer some questions for me? Absolutely. Eileen, were you scared? Not really, no. I agree. Nah. Yeah, not really. It was a, a little too um fantastical for me to be uh, uh too scared, especially if there's if there's a sci-fi vibe at the top that usually uh, takes away a little bit of my fear. Just because I'm like, oh, interdimensional, I'm okay. Nobody's gonna come out of a fucking portal to come get me, so I'm fine. So yeah, not too scared. I agree. It was very like pop, punky, colorful, fun, and bright. You know that I was like, not very scared, but you know, yeah, still fun. What was your best scare in this not very scary movie? I'm gonna give it for to the first time we see Simone sprinting towards the girls, just because. It's the first time we like we see him as a zombie come in, but the minute they start to sprint, I uh, that's I ooh it freaks me out. So yeah, when the minute he started running, that actor did a really good job at his like body zombie movements, and that sprint and the mouth abierta con la fucking white stuff coming out of it. Ooh yeah, that I that one was for me. Iwo. Nice. I gave it to, I mean, I guess the most obvious one for me was when the Toxic Avenger Predator reaches up for Ele. That was like a jump scare that actually got me. But I'm going to give it to the first reveal of like the bug on the back of Simone's head. I was like, ew, what is that disgusting fucking thing? So it wasn't so much a scare as much. I was just like, it gives you like the full heebie-jeebies. So that's going to take it for, for me. Who was your favorite character? Pato. Same. I love her so much. She was the best. Loved she was her. the best. First killed. And I'm just like, yeah. oh, no. Love her. I Keep know. her around. Total uh, yeah. bummer when she died. Yeah. I agree with you. She was just the best. She was my favorite, too. What was your best line? This uh, this movie had a lot of really funny, good lines. I have two. Las pibas están hinchadas a los ovarios. I'm fucking Pato. And the other one was Todo por un favor a este boludo de concha caliente. Girl. <laughs> Another pato line. Couple pato lines. So, yeah, those two were great for me. Yeah, the, those are the same for me. I mean, I didn't do the, the <laughs> concha caliente, pero the one porque las pibas están hinchadas los, ov- los ovarios, I was like, oh my God. That is so good. I, like I said, had to go back and rewind just to hear her say it again. So, so good. So, come on, be my friend. You're the coolest. I know. I want (laughs) to hang out with you. Dang. What was your best death? Pato. Sure. I will give a, a, a special shout out to Julie getting her head top, fucking right at the top, just slice right off. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I was, so surprised at Pato's death and also just an arm into a person to pull out guts looks always is so great to me. So yeah, yeah, those two. That was so good. Mine was also, I give it to the Julie 
neck or head slice in half situation because I felt like I had to. But I'm going to give mine to a really random one, which was when we see like, you know, the, the beach full of heads and La Julie goes up to one dude and snaps his neck. That really surprised me because I was ready for her to vom in his face. But then she snapped. I was like, oh, oh, my God, I was not expecting it whatsoever. But even after she kills him, then she vomits on him, which I was like, oh, so I guess you don't even have to be alive to be carrying these fucking gross jelly eggs. So we'll give it to that one. Did you learn anything about the culture? Yeah, there was a lot of slang in here that I didn't know before. Uh, I, (laughs) again, like I said at the top, Forgot completely that Argentina has a seaside, so that was nice to be to be reminded of. Um, so I'm gonna say, yeah, totally. I did learn from the culture. Iwo, great. I wrote no, but I guess you're you're right. Like there was some slang there that I was like never heard it, or at least like maybe we've heard it more now that we're getting more used to it. So sure, I'll say yes as well. And finally, how many ooies do you give this movie? I'm going to give this movie two and a half. It was a lot of fun. The The practical effects are great. The zombie monsters are really cool. That fucking uh, shrimp toupee, great looking. That Even that little moment from the toilet that I said where he like pops up his little weird reptile uh, horn or whatever mm-hmm. looks super cool. The vomiting, you're just like, how are you doing this? How am I looking into your face? And there is just a full gush coming out of your mouth. Um, so visually, really great. This band of gals, really fun. The performances are are pretty decent. But the I think the story had a little too many loose ends. Like you said, I would have liked to uh, just know a little bit more information. Don't, I don't need that much more exposition, but just a little bit more like this bug. What is its purpose? This man or toxic Avenger? What is its purpose? Why is our abused, traumatized person like, I want her, like, it sounds horrible to say, but I want her to actually feel her trauma and mm. overcome it because that would feel so much more. I would root for her more mm-hmm. and want her so much to succeed. Um, and then when she did, does succeed, it would land so much more, would land a lot better, I think. But I still had a really great time and it's a, it's a fun movie to look at. So, yeah, two and a half for me. Evil. I also gave it two and a half. Everything you just said, I I agree with. I, I I liked the actors. They were dedicated. They did a good job. Apparently, a lot of this was like kind of improvised, ad libbed, which I thought really? was very cool. The p- practical effects are just so fucking good, so cool. I like the fact that they're like throwing sci-fi horror, like zombie. Uh, basically, like, um, what's that? Invasion of the body snatchers, if you will. Yeah, like all very sorts of body like, snatcher. Yeah. They're giving us all sorts of horror stuff. It's a mess, but it's a fun mess. Yeah. So, you know, two and a half, I think, is solid for this one. Again, I think you, like, like you said, just tie up those loose ends, baby, and you'd have a really, really, really good movie on your hands. But it was still a yeah. fun time. A fun time had by all. Yes. it's That's not an easy feat to do to, like, mix and match all these different oh, yeah. horror genres and i think yeah. that that was very successful on their yeah. end 
I would totally tell people to watch this. Watch this movie for yes, sure. Absolutely. Yes. Watch it. Just don't mm-hmm. expect a, a super great deep affair. That's yeah, the thing. They yeah. try to make it deeper than it actually is, I think. You know what I mean? And go either way. Like either either just give Commit. us all shrimp toupees and just like, yeah, here are a shit ton of weird eggs and vomit coming out of people. Mm-hmm. Or give me the actual stuff and the 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 deep stuff, the hard stuff. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. still watch. It's a lot of fun. You'll enjoy. There's some fun shes everywhere, Show. which is always great. Che. Che, boludo. Um, no lo great. Well, no lo chames. And also, <laughs> um, I got to go pu- have a bunch of eggs that I need to pull out of my fucking kangaroo fanny oh. pack. So uh, let's, let's get, get out, out, of out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We appreciate every single one of you. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review en cualquier plataforma. You can follow us on all our redes sociales at Wikiorror on Instagram and Twitter. Send us an email with any suggestions, kind words, whatever you want. You want to tell us your secrets? We love those too. At Wikiorror at gmail.com. You can find every single one of our movies on our link tree. Link tr.ee slash Wikiorror. They're all there for you to click and watch. Thank you to Sonoro for being the shrimp toupee that covers our bald spots. You can follow them <laughs> at Sonoro Podcast on Instagram and Twitter as well. And Johnny, if I were to ever impregnate you, I hope it's through vomiting white stuff right into your mouth. Ah, uh, delightful. Let's start a band. How about it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It'll be called the ours will be called Pussy Cake, though. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) I fucking love ya. I fucking love you too. And we'll see you guys in la próxima semana. Adios. Adios. Uy, que horror. Es una producción de Sonoro. Produced by Jonathan Atkinson and Eileen Clark. Edición y mezcla, Karina Riverol. Escuche Uy, que horror en cualquier plataforma donde escuchen podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review. Adios. Adios. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.